we're live. It says we're live, so I guess we're live. That seems pretty official to me. I hope there is somebody here to hear our amazing chat from the get-go. So, which is better than from the sheets. <laughs> I'm looking on. Yeah, we're live. We're here. Okay, I'm on the two four seven. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. There's See, good-looking guys coming around. We're. 30 seconds of nonsense for you guys to start it off because we are very technologically advanced people here. But yeah, I'm joined here. Ryan Middleton, you guys know this face, unfortunately. Yeah, there's, uh. there's, there's good news and bad news. <laughs> so what's up, man? It looks like you're in the old Cannonsburg office there, gearing up for a busy day. We're in South Point. We, uh, we have a, a nice... Nice bit of work. We're always working away, right? We we got a lot of a lot of things to, to take care of. So today's going to be a busy day. Definitely, man. It's always interesting for me to see a fight card come together because I think you know we talked about it pretty extensively. Bit B nine was really my first taste of that happening. So now with Bit B ten, seeing it happen again, I feel like things are generally a little more smooth this time around. Even though we have more moving pieces with the pro boxing bouts and that that whole thing but it's been interesting to see the matchmaking differences between bippy 9 bippy 10 is that something that you find with all cards like each card is a little different to match or do you find kind of common threads between them yeah i mean ultimately like in an ideal world we would be you'd have matches set three months in advance and you'd only have to worry about like you know replacing injuries and stuff like that but the reality is like in this in this business um no one no one's booking fights three months in advance like that's just right. the reality of it I, I think that would be ideal i think that's ideal for everyone um as the promotion like we want to have all the bouts in place as early as possible but the reality is it's pretty hard to do and um we're working toward that still that doesn't mean we're not gonna try um but ultimately, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's tough sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. We've seen kind of, I think, those challenges a lot these last two cards for sure. I mean, Bippy 9, we talked about on the podcast what a crazy ride that was to get matched. So hopefully we don't encounter the same hurdles with Bippy 10. And so far, you know, things have been going a little smoother, I think. So it's been all good so far, man. The way this card's shaping up definitely has me pumped for the event. I think having, you know, a couple boxing bouts falling together, we have pieces in place there. We have MMA bouts in place there. Like there's a foundation for this show now that I'm feeling like comfortable about. I don't know if you get the same feel. Like obviously there's a whole lot of work to do. So it's not like we're done and we're sitting back or anything like that, but there's, there's enough there now that it's like, okay, there's a, there's a show taking place and that, that just feels good. Yeah. I mean, so this is your second go around. This is like my 11th. And so when, when uh, like putting all the pieces in place, like for you is like starting to become, you know, more of a habit, but ultimately like there are more moving parts right now. Cause we're in a new venue. We're at, you know, doing new things. We're always, you know, venturing out and not afraid to try different stuff and and be cutting edge and do things differently than what's you know what's the norm and so you know we had plans uh 
this is going back pre-pandemic, but we had plans to have some grappling bouts on on a card previously for actually it was going to be Brawl in the Bird four um, in May on May of t- 2020. Um, we had grappling bouts signed and ready, to go. so we're we're always looking to do different things, cool stuff, um, and that's not going to change, and that's only going to grow. And so you know. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, it's very exciting. And just for anybody joining the live broadcast here, we definitely encourage you to leave comments, engage. You can ask us questions, do any of that. Uh, We can actually put your questions on the screen, I believe. This is our first go around with this, but I'm pretty sure we have that technology. So if you got a question for us, ask away. And uh, what do you want to you want to announce a fight yet, Ryan? You want to you want to make them wait a little bit? How are you feeling? Let's go with like like a you know a fight that contracts are out and and we don't you know we're not ready to announce the fight yet but I mean Justin Patton you know turned pro recently had a tough outing he he got caught early and about and he's he's chomping at the bit to get back in there and show all of his fan I mean the guy has a million fans. So he's ready to get back out there and show his fans like, hey, that was an, an anomaly. And the real Justin Patton, the general, is ready to march on. And um, puns intended. Nice. Um, <laughs> that time it was intended. When we were talking pre-going pre, yeah, yeah. pre live, that was unintended. I, I, I said General Patton, but I didn't even mean to. It was nicely done. Yeah. But, um, you know, he he's going to be back in there. It's going to be a great battle of two guys that want to pick up their first pro wins, get their, you know, get everything back on the right track for them. And so that fight honestly is going to be an absolute war and worth the price of admission in and of itself. So super stoked about that Patton fight. Yeah, man. I think Justin Patton is one of those guys who's long been a long time Pittsburgh MMA staple. You know, he's been doing it for a very long time, despite not being an old guy by any means. I mean, he's legit. And like you said, his his pro fight back at Bit B eight definitely did not end how he would have liked. You could see, you know, the visible disappointment right after the arm bar, but this it, it reminds me of something I always hear when it's like in, in the NFL when somebody when an offensive player makes a great play and they're blaming the defender, like, why didn't, you know, why didn't Minka get that? But the receiver just made a great catch. And the saying is always like the offense is allowed to make plays too. And that's how I felt about that. It wasn't that Patton did anything catastrophically wrong. That was just a beautiful arm bar by Sean Susser. Like, like Susser, Susser was allowed to make plays too, for lack of a better term. It was, it was a beautiful submission. So he got caught by something super slick in that fight and uh i'm really interested to see how he'll grow from that because obviously he's part of a great team there at the academy you know he'll be well prepared and everything so i'm excited about Patton, man see that's the thing about justin is you know you got guys that you know a loss is going to negatively affect them right you got guys that are going to be like unmotivated after a loss or after their first loss or after just any loss they're going to beat themselves up they're going to like it's going to negatively impact them. Justin's a different breed, man. That guy knows he takes hard fights and 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 he's always wanting to take tough fights. You you, you could give him a gimme and he's going to be like, "Really? 
Like, that's not what he wants. He's a bad dude who mm-hmm. wants who wants to be challenged in there. He doesn't want to walk through someone. So um, that's the unique thing. He's 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 a true fighter. He yeah. really is. He he has a chip, and that's the kind of guy that like he's going to take wins and losses, and he's going to march forward and move on. And that's what you like to see. That he's a like he's fighter he's fighter yeah. through and through he's not like looking for a decision like he's looking to end it as brutally and quickly as possible and that's just who he is he's like a promoter's dream yeah yeah that's exactly what i was going to say he's a promoter's dream in that regard and i think it's interesting like he was at bit b9 backstage and you could tell that he was ready to go then like you could tell that he's already shaking it off and looking forward to you could tell he was enjoying being back in that atmosphere there's just some guys and i know you notice it too there's some guys that are just ultra comfortable in that atmosphere like they're ready to make that walk whenever <laughs> like it was funny on the last podcast you were saying how your son was like a little bit afraid to get into the cage to draw the 50 50 and it's like he, no, he was terrified yeah well, yeah a little bit of no we're going into what yeah. You didn't tell me we're going in the kit. Dude, just come with me. You don't have to do like yeah. he wrestles. He goes out in front of people and wrestles. He I guess he doesn't like he doesn't associate that with being on a stage, but he'll literally wrestle in tournaments where there's hundred people, hundreds of people watching him. He sure. doesn't even realize that. Yeah. And then meanwhile, a guy like Patton will like book his vacations inside a cage just because he loves it there. He's <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, this is where I'm comfortable. Hey, Ryan, do you guys think um, you could set up the cage somewhere and I could just vacation in the cage? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's actually requested to have his birthday parties. Like, can can he rent the cage instead of a bouncy <laughs> castle? Any you know? way we can work something out. <laughs> I'll eat right off the floor. I'll clean up afterwards. He is very, very respectful in that regard. So that's good. <laughs> but yeah, man, we're obviously we're stoked to have Patton back and, and see what he can do, how he can bounce back. I think that's always an interesting crossroads in a lot of people's lives, a lot of fighters lives. Losing your pro debut is not the end of the world, man. I think you look at some of the best fighters in the world. A lot of a lot of your favorite UFC stars lost before they were in the UFC, lost their debut, lost one of the first, you know, three. So it's not uncommon for you for really, really good fighters to take a loss early in their pro career. So definitely excited to see how Justin responds from that. We got Taylor Cahill showing up. Look at that. You think he's, he's always excited? showing up. Taylor Cahill's always ready. He really is. You think this dude's excited? Let's go. He he's you know, he's younger in his career, obviously, but I'm sensing some patent vibes with Taylor Cahill too. This this kid is always ready to go, always ready to compete. I mean, I'm excited about his career, dude. His performance, like I said, at at Bippy Eight, I I put it on the top ten finishes of the month and everything. I thought that was just crazy dominance from Taylor in that fight. So it was awesome to see the wrestling background. What I love is that he's a wrestler, clearly, but also has really strong submission instincts. He was never looking to lay and pray, you know, for lack of a better term. So yeah, staying busy, staying active. That's the thing, though, is like. Um, you know, you got guys like, like Taylor. I, I always like guys that start their amateur career off with wins and don't have that first loss. Like, like at some point you're going to lose. Like Justin going through that, like his he deals with it fine. Like you're going to lose 
sometimes and you gotta like fight through that and battle through that and and realize like his brother just just experienced that for the for his first time tanner and it happens this isn't boxing where well i shouldn't say that but this <laughs> yeah. isn't the same this isn't a sport where you're going like to get fed guys that are just meant to build your record up like you're you're going up against guys that you're going to be close to 50 50 from a you know betting standpoint or whatever like so knowing you're going to face losses and in those losses you're going to get better you have to be mentally strong and be able to go out on on an island yep. and suffer a loss and be able to come back from that and yep. the best guys like losing is going to define you like losing will like you're either going to lose your motivation or it's going to mo motivate you even further and like, I think, you know, looking at guys that, that haven't dealt with that yet, like knowing you're going to deal with that, prepare yourself for that and, and get, get, get over that, get over that stigma of like winning and losing is everything at this let Like it's not. And you just yeah, exactly. And we had a uh, Cody Anthony here listening, made a great point. Glover Teixeira lost his first pro fight by TKO. So there's one example. I could think – I know Chris Cyborg lost her pro debut because that was a huge talking point for a long time. I feel like maybe Jose Aldo did as well. Kamaru Usman lost early on in his career for a more recent example. Like, there's just these guys who take losses early on, and it doesn't mean that they're not great, obviously. I mean, and, I, yeah. think I look at more of like, you know, if you were blessed with this – ridiculous athleticism where you're just John Jones and you should win every fight you're in. That's different than the guy like Glover Teixeira who, you know, who worked really, really hard and worked harder than everyone else and got like, you know, he's always extremely good at jujitsu, but he had to get better at other things and put time mm -hmm. and effort and energy into those other things and not that John Jones doesn't, but John Jones is a freak of nature, honestly. Like, not everyone's a freak of nature. And if you're not, if if you expect to blow through everyone like that, like, you're going to be let down. Yep, exactly, man. I mean, that's that's the perfect point there. And I like this, Jared Thomas. You can't fully experience the highs of winning if you haven't felt the lows of defeat. It's what makes winning about that much more special. So, as much like I'm sure the guys that are undefeated it's not like they're going to go lose on purpose so they can enjoy it more or anything, but that's a really good point. I mean, that's the case with most things in life, right? Like until you've experienced the the downside, the negative side of something, you sometimes don't appreciate the highs and the positive sides of things as much. So definitely that definitely applies to fighting. I mean, I wouldn't know personally, but I would assume it does. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, do you, hey, I, I wanted you to be able, like, do you want to talk about, you want to make the announcement for uh, our advanced Sammy bout? Ooh. It's yeah. a banger, guys. It's such a banger, man. I love this fight so much. And obviously, anybody who's followed 247 is going to know the red corner participant. You know, he's a staple here. We got Chase Boyd coming back, and he's going to be fighting Braden Liggett, who. I'm very excited about this dude. He's from T-City Boxing. And if anybody knows T-City, you know, Ohio boys. We're talking, like, where Cody Garbrandt grew up. They breed these boxers, these just tough, 
scrappy dudes out in that area for whatever it is seems like if you grow up in that area you can just box like that's just what you're born with like if you're born in texas you know how to shoot guns and ride horses if you're born in in that <laughs> section of ohio you know how to box so this is not by any means you know an easy fight for chase man i think and again chase is a guy who doesn't want easy fights anyway i mean i'm stoked about this getting chase back in there obviously he's a guy that we look at as a title contender you know tom kaiser just won our amateur welterweight strap at bit b9 but he wasn't going to be ready to go by bit b10 he's taking a fight november 20th um for somebody this else is, this is a title contender yep. fight. yep so 100 we couldn't make it for the title obviously since tom had it but we're very much number one contender fight right here so whoever wins this is going to get a shot at kaiser then if that all works out, we've got a major showdown coming out of that. So I think this one's exciting, man. And Ryan, I know like Chase's evolution has been one that you've talked about a lot because he was a guy started out like red, red hot, went a little ice cold. He's he's perfect transition based on this. You can't enjoy the highs of winning if you haven't felt the lows of defeat. So what have you seen from Chase and just his development in his amateur career? Man, Chase has um you know, he's a, he's a tough kid. He's one of those kids. He's, he's that same breed as Patton. He's, you know, has that chip on his shoulder and, but he did experience like he, he, he was four and oh, and then he had a couple losses and that's the, the type of thing where you, you have two losses in a row. And, and this is the first time you're like, wow, like, am I, am I really good enough? Am I really, do I really want to do this? And he battled through that. That's the hardest part of this game. Isn't, mm -hmm. isn't winning a string of four in a row. The hardest part is coming back from adversity. Yep. And, and that's, that's what I was, you know, getting at before with, you know, guys that start off their career red hot. And then you, you find someone that you don't match up well against and you take that loss, and then maybe you take another one. He's gone through that. He's come out the other side. Now he's ready to rock and roll and put on a string, you know, put on another string of wins. But guess what? He doesn't want to just put on a string of wins. He wants to challenge himself. He wants to find that guy that's going to push him to that next level. Yep. You don't do that by finding, cup, you know, easier, easy bouts or bouts that are – you know, favorable to you. The matchup's just really good. Like he, he wants the toughest challengers and that's what he's getting. He's getting, <laughs> he's getting one heck of a challenge. I don't know if they're, you know, if we'll have betting lines for this, for this event, but if we do, I'm willing to bet that this is an even, even betting line. Cause he's going to get every bit that he's asking for. I mean, it seems like it should be. And like uh Cody, watching the stream thanks for tuning in dude like he said i watched liggett's last fight and he took some bombs in that fight kept his composure and smoked the dude so i haven't seen as much of Braden obviously as i've seen of chase but that's kind of been the theme that i've heard from people is that he's kind of unbreakable for lack of a better term like this is a dude who you really gotta put six feet underground get him out of there or else it's going to a decision like you're not getting this guy out of there easily and i know Chase is a kind of guy that's going to embrace that challenge big time, man, because like, like you said, we've seen from him his whole career battling back. Even the fight uh, was Cody Reese, that fight that was brutal for him. He was like laughing at times <laughs> throughout that well, fight. And, and, you and know what I mean? 
that's the part of what you what you are like looking for. You're you're looking to see how they handle that. And you know, Chase literally couldn't do much offensively against Cody Reese. And yet there he was with his attitude late in the fight, like just he realized like, okay, this guy's a bad matchup for me at this, at this stage. And guess what? I don't care. Like I'm going to still like be myself. And he's literally <laughs> flipping him, flipping him off. And it's just like classic chase. Like he's, right. he's just a tough kid. He really is, man. And I think I'm not going to spoil anything where this is concerned because I think it's something really cool. that's going to be happening. Um, we'll just say that, there will be a story about chase coming out before this fight and it's going to be a great story. And I definitely think if you want to talk or investigate the theme more of this idea of you can't experience the highs of winning, if you haven't experienced the lows of defeat, I think along those lines, like you look at chase after he beat Brogan at bit B eight and how emotional he was inside the cage after that win. Like he wasn't just happy that he won a fight, <laughs> You know, like the, he was happy about that, but there was a lot more to that bout than maybe a lot of people know yet. So, like I said, there will be a story coming out there to keep your eyes out for. And I think Chase's journey in general is really remarkable. You know, I talked to the guy writing the story quite a bit, and I actually reached out to him because I knew him from beforehand when I covered the Steelers and everything. And uh, I was like, dude, I think I got a story for you that you're going to love, you and your outlet are going to love. And he was a little, you know, tentative at first because it is you know an amateur mma fight like this is a big outlet so he had to pitch his editor let it, let his editor editor know that it's a good story worth covering and uh he came back and he was like dude i'm, I'm so glad that you talked me into taking that like it was an amazing chat he has an amazing story like we're we're honored to tell it so get excited for that and keep your eyes peeled for that that's the really cool thing is there's all these great stories. You got like Ferdas and Chase. There's all these great stories. And honestly, from, you know, it's an honor for us to be able to be some small part of that journey. Some, yeah. some part of that story where we're, you know, we love providing those guys with opportunities to, you know, advance their career and, and get things rolling. Um, Jared Thomas is asking on the thing is Kraus on the next card. Yeah, we're, we're, we're looking to get a match. So he, he will be matched. And um, so if anyone, we're looking for a, a 205 or to, to fight David Kraus. So yeah, we're, we're, um, you know, when you have a 12 second knockout, you're not exactly the easiest guy to match. So we're working on it and we'll get him a fight um, for December 4th. So plan on that. Yeah, definitely. We want Kraus back in there, man. Another super exciting guy. And again, I mean, this is it's funny how the pieces are falling on this podcast because that's literally another guy who comes out and loses his debut, was very touted and everything. And Justin Pippins just kind of put it on him and wore him out and eventually got the submission in that fight. So that's that was another guy who had to deal with that feeling of come out all jazz to make your MMA debut. You know, you're all hype, you're all pumped up, and then you just kind of get broken down by somebody the way Pippins did and then come out your next one and just completely turn the tail. I mean, you can't do it any more emphatically than that. You know, was that the fastest knockout in 247 history? I mean, it's going to be hard to duplicate. Yeah, right, right. I mean, 12 seconds is – I mean, I think the official time – might be 18, but that's wrong. It's so wrong. It's it, so it, wrong. Literally, the fight was over in 12 seconds. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the thing is David came out and he, he experienced that loss. He also took some things like to heart, like, okay, how seriously do I want to take this? Do I really like am I really a heavyweight or do I need to like get down to 205? And and now he walks around much, much lighter. He I think he was walking around in the 230s before, and now he's walking around like high teens, two teen like two eighteen, two so he doesn't even cut that much anymore, but he's taking, you know, he knows like, hey, this is where 205 is where I'm going to be at. Like, I just need to, you know, get there because, you know, wrestling guys that are 30 pounds heavier than me just isn't something that is going to be, you know, my best, you know, my best foot forward. Right. I mean, he he looks so much better at 205, so much more natural. And like you said, he's still not cutting a ton to get there and that's kind of just been a general observation of mine for a long time is you see guys actually moving up in weight now and looking better i mean at the ufc level robert whitaker obviously when he went from a welterweight moved up to middleweight that kind of revived his career and then dustin poirier perfect example as well at a featherweight he was just getting he couldn't take a punch at featherweight the weight cut was so devastating for him and it just totally opened up his game to be able to feel better and compete at a more natural weight so i think that's like that's a really interesting thing in mma because of course you want the advantage of being the bigger stronger guy but at what cost so i think especially at the amateur level we get to see guys figure out where their bodies are the best and where they compete the best and for kraus definitely looking like 205 is the move absolutely and <laughs> aj um yeah aj it. stewart just said love heavyweight fights best thing in mma well well then, AJ. What a segue that is. <laughs> it's it's a little bit perfect. So we may have a heavyweight fight on BitB10. And by May, I mean we do. And it's signed and it's happening. So a quick turnaround for Big Dan Albright out of Gorilla House. We're very obviously always excited to get that dude in the cage. But the matchup, it's becoming Dan Albright versus Matt Factory. You know, he just he just beat Cody Gamble at Bit B9, and now he's facing Julian Flannery at Bit B10. So that's the matchup, Albright versus Flannery. Man, we're we're stoked about this. You know, I am just I'm ready to roll with Big Dan. I'm always amazed by his persistence, his heart in the cage. Because if you watch Bit B9, if you go watch the replay, I don't know how clear it was you know, on the replay or in person, but like right up cage side, Cody Gamble had him up against the cage early in that fight and was landing bomb uppercuts. I mean, bombs. And I have no idea how Dan took him. Like I, I literally, I remember telling Jim, our matchmaker sitting right beside me. I'm like, dude, Dan's in trouble. Like, the, like he's about to go down. He was just eating them though. So this dude's got heart and determination, obviously came back to win the fight. So, that's huge. And now we've got Julian Flannery coming off a, a pretty long layoff. But everything we've heard, he's looking better than ever, man. Isaac's hype about Julian right now. So I, I'm stoked. It's an MMA layoff, but it's certainly not a layoff. He's been competing throughout the pandemic and all of that. So he, I think he's uh, he's actually going to do some grappling next weekend or this weekend, rather. Yep. And um, and to get himself where he needs to be to, for this fight. But, you know, Julian's an undefeated fighter. He is a tough guy, been training a long time. And Dan Albright, man, this guy, he, 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 he's working on a rule set right now that isn't 
in his, you know, isn't in his best interest. So he's overcoming that. And that's the really cool thing is, you know, working on a, in a rule set where you, you aren't allowed to do what you do best is just going to make him better at everything else. Um, and so really looking forward to that. Those two, those two guys, those are two local guys. Like Altoon is a couple hours away, but those are like Gorilla uh-huh. House Gym. That's that's a two four seven gym through and through. Those guys are, you know, always up to the challenge, always, you know, they're a hometown gym for us. Um, so we really love having those guys involved. Dan Albright always takes tough fights. Gorilla House Gym always takes tough fights. They're not looking. Oh, thanks, Ethan. Um, <laughs> I just figured while we're talking about Gorilla House, I got to put Ethan Goss. I, I take everything I just said about Gorilla. <laughs> Ray Ross is a great guy. It's just their their pro there is a piece of piece of work. No, but um, but those are those are our guys. I didn't even see that. I saw Taylor's comment, but I didn't see Ethan's comment. That's cold blooded, man. Taylor oh, doubling down on it. Ultimately, these are guys like, I mean, they get punched in the head all the time. Like you can't expect their eyesight to be very good. That's true. That's um, true. So you know, Ethan is not a very good judge of yeah. Look at him. He has yeah. a raccoon as a. As yeah. a we're going to work on our filter game for the next podcast. We'll, we'll come out with some really nice Kim Kardashian filters or something for you guys. Oh, so anyone, like, just so you're aware, 247fighting.com. Tickets go on sale in one minute. Um, we are at 10 o'clock, so be on the lookout. Let your people know. Let your friends, family, everyone know those tickets are not going to be around long. Um this is a this is a different um, this is a whole different animal with this card with this mixed card with boxing and MMA and 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 Hutchinson as the boxing main event like this is something this is cool this is a year end festival man this is mm. it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be a great fun amazing night something unique something special that's what we're that's what we're talking about. So absolutely literally just went on sale. They just went on sale. So I dropped a link in the comments. Anybody listening, I put a link and pinned it in the comments. So that should take you straight to the ticket page. You should be good to go there. Um, I'm stoked, man. It's exactly what you said. It's the year end card, but it also feels like, and again, if I'm, you know, overstepping, just let me know because I'm, I'm the new guy with the promotion, but it also feels like the biggest thing in 247 FC history. You know, this is not just the year end for us, but it's a monumental event in general in the promotion's history. So this is this is bit B10. This is you know one of those markers, right? So you have like the number 10, right? It's double digits. We're in two Pittsburgh cards in the double digits. And so, you know, we we started off with Steel Town Throwdown. And then the numbering kind of got out of whack because we went to Brawl on the Bird because we couldn't take that name Steel Town Throwdown. So right. when 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 Bitby three got canceled, we just we just scrapped that number and went on to four, and then that put those numbers back in sync. So this is our tenth event in Pittsburgh, our eleventh event overall. It's a big deal. We're super stoked about it. It's going to be something special. Ohio MMA News is asking, I missed it. Did you announce a fight for Chase Boyd? You did miss it. Missed it so hard. We're 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 nice. We're gonna we're not gonna make you like watch it back. We'll tell you what's up. Go ahead. Chase is back. He's fighting Braden Liggett. Liggett. 
I need somebody to tell me how to pronounce his last name. It's either Liggett or Leggett. I'm not sure, but I'm, either way. I'm going out on a limb and saying Leggett. Leggett. Okay, we're going with Leggett. So that's it. But, Chase Boyd, Braden Leggett. I like it. But if we're wrong, we will be corrected. And like, we're not declaring that's how you pronounce sure, it. Sure, sure. We're just we're just taking a guess. Taking a stab at it. Dave McKinney, we're excited to have you back calling the action. Uh, Liggett. Okay, thank you, Dave. You're the man. Liggett. Um, <laughs> nice. He thinks. <laughs> well, that's what we think, too, so you're not really adding much to it. That's why McKinney's the pro, man. Well, then he adds, I think, with a question mark. So, well, regardless of how you say it, he's you know a twenty-five. He's a twenty-five-year-old. He's seven and three. The dude's a beast. He's coming off of a big knockout victory at Cage Thunder twelve. So, we're looking at this as a number one contender fight for uh, Ohio MMA News. Who who said you missed it? I assume that you also missed that aspect of the fight. So, winner winner gets Tom Kaiser, who just won our belt at bit B nine. So it's a huge fight, man. I know this is something that chase has been <laughs> chasing for a long time. So this is, this is big for him. <laughs> that was genuinely unintentional, but uh, it worked. So yeah, you should expand your vocabulary. So you don't have to like chase, really chase around. Um, Dave McKinney, we're, we're so excited to have you back. You are just like you're taking your first stab at calling boxing. We're also taking our first stab at, at promoting boxing. So we're excited about that. Listen, when it all comes down to it, we have people that are extending their hand out to us and helping us out. Do you want to tell them a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely, man. That was something that I was waiting to get to, but uh, now is perfect time. And we've had a lot of help. Like Ryan said, this is totally new territory for us and even though we feel like well i mean we talked about a lot like bit b9 was a scramble to get put together and that was pure mma and that was what we do and what what we know and what we're good at so whenever you venture into something brand new there's obviously avenues you don't consider um for me personally the matchmaking aspect of boxing is like a whole different world to mma you know it's like a, it's like you're playing a different game altogether it's unreal the way matchmaking works in boxing compared to MMA. So we've had a lot of help from Derek Gianta, who is a boxing manager and promoter in the area. And man, he's been so amazing for us. So if Derek, Derek, if you're listening, man, thank you. And uh, he's been killing it, helping us match this card. And just more than that, like Ryan and I went to Panera bread with Derek and we were there for like, three, four hours just talking, like drinking coffee and talking to him and picking his brain. And, you know, he's picking our brain about some things because, like I said, he has his own boxing promotion in in the area as well. And they have an event January 15th, I believe, is the date. So if you're interested in pure boxing, definitely check check out Derek's promotion as well on January 15th. But he, the amount of knowledge that he dropped in that three to four hours, I know Ryan and I left thinking the same exact thing, was like we just learned so much but we also feel like there's still so much left to learn. Like it's, it's kind of never ending. So the process is, it was crazy. So thankfully Derek stepped up and is helping us with that. That's been absolutely crucial for us in matching this. And, and it's going to result in some really, really great fights. So I'm stoked about that, man. And Angelo as well, who runs made men, you know, we're going to be renting his cage, his cage, his ring for the event for the boxing portion of it. So 
Angelo stepped up. He got us a ring and some boxing gloves because obviously we only have MMA gloves. And uh, yeah, man, it's kind of that it takes a village mentality, right? So everybody stepped up. And it's something that we've talked about a lot, Ryan, definitely off camera. I'm not sure how much we talked about it on the podcast or anything, but we genuinely feel there's enough room in this city for everybody to coexist and to help each other. You know, everybody thinks rival promotions are always at each other's throats and trying to take each other down, but we're taking the exact opposite approach. I mean, realistically, Gianta and Angelo are two of our biggest rivals in the area. And if we were playing that way, we would never even consider reaching out to them or getting their help. But instead they are absolutely instrumental to our success for bit B 10. And I mean, I know it's worked out in our favor and I know they feel the same way. So I just think that's that's something that we need to keep pushing in Pittsburgh in general is this kind of help each other. A, a rising tide lifts all ships and everything. Yeah. Ultimately, if you make it all about like if it's all about 247, you only want 247 to succeed. And like that's that's not what's best for the sport. That's not what's best for everything. And it's hard to like lose that mentality. It is. I mean, it, it's a challenge. You know, you want, you know, you see someone else putting on a show, you're like, oh, like, are we, are we, you know, there's a million thoughts that go through your head. It's just like if you're running a gym and someone opens a gym next door to you, like, that's concerning, right? Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, ultimately when it comes down to it, having multiple opportunities for fires and for gyms and that's what's going to lead to growth. And so we embrace that. We, we want to work with made men and Angelo. We want to work with the boxing promoters around here. We want to work with each other. And I'm sure people's, you know, boxing promoters see us. We're doing boxing now. Like there's some hesitation there. Guess what? Derek, it was a great, like awesome about it. And we're not looking to become a boxing promoter by any, by any sense of the imagination. We had an opportunity not looking to be as as a, in a position of not wanting to become a boxing promoter and at the same time like wanting to take advantage of an opportunity yeah we're dipping our toe into it we may we may do boxing events in the future we may not we don't know we're we're dipping our toe we're seeing how it goes if it makes sense for us if it makes sense for you know the community like it might provide a bunch of new opportunities and that'd be a great thing yeah, and I mean, I've, I've heard kind of through the grapevine at this point, definitely nothing firm, but I've heard, you know, some guys that you would consider MMA fighters in the area traditionally interested in starting a boxing career. So if that could be our avenue, I mean, as goofy as it sounds, man, this, this Jake Paul era we live in where guys just want to take boxing fights and, you know, try these kind of exhibition style, big, big time, big attention getting matchups that's definitely not off the table. If we can do that and provide an opportunity for guys to extend their brands, extend their career and make some money. I mean, that's, that would be great to help them out with that. Now I'm not saying that we're coming out like with whatever sideshow matchup by any means, but I am saying that, you know, that's not off the table. Things in that realm aren't off the table of guys who you don't traditionally think of boxers, maybe taking a stab at boxing. So you never know if that could be, something in the future or not but like you said Derek man Angelo stepping up thank you both so much for that because it's been been huge for this boxing portion of the card and, and learning it if we don't end up doing more boxing in the future at least 
you and I now have more knowledge, right? <laughs> so, I mean, we've learned a lot regardless. Absolutely. We, we may, I mean, it's an open door. Like if we, if we want to step through it, the, the, the shots there. And if we don't like, that's good too. We can work with different people and, and, and make, you know, make the best of combat sports. Like you notice it's not called the Pittsburgh MMA podcast. It's called the Pittsburgh combat sports podcast. Like, the door is open. Like we want to help the the combat sports industry in this area. So I think that there are ways to do that. Yeah. I think we actually never talked about that, but the, the podcast name was incredibly intentional. I know we even said Pittsburgh MMA podcast or something along those lines was the first idea, but then we were like, is it really just MMA? And we, this was before boxing was not even on our radar at that point. But we wanted to embrace wrestling, grappling, Muay Thai, kickboxing, all of it. Like we wanted to showcase everything going on in the area. You know, it goes back to what we kind of just said about playing nice and having this community feel versus everybody at each other's throats. I mean, I genuinely think that's how this thing works and gets to where we want to be. Everybody talks about, you know, the golden age of Pittsburgh MMA back with Cherico and Dom and Dempsey and Milstead and everybody crushing it then. But we feel like we're in a bit of a rebirth of it now. And that, that's a big reason why is that we can build this community aspect versus everybody competing and trying to tear each other down. Like we want to build each other up instead <laughs> to get back there and then advance it. So that's the idea, man. And uh, Cody, Justin the Hawk Steve is the best local guy I've seen transition between boxing and MMA and stay dominant in both. Dude, Justin Steve is an animal. And <clears throat> I definitely think he's one of those guys that maybe gets forgotten in the discussions, but he, you're exactly right, dude. He was so, so fun to watch. I remember every time Justin Steve had a fight, you had to tune in for that one because he's just lightning on his feet, man. He was so fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great local guys like – fighting now that could transition to boxing some that have taken boxing fight like sydney ross just literally had a boxing match the other night in amateur boxing in altoona and so some of them are using it to have a boxing career some are using it as a way to you know improve their boxing as it relates to mma and so that's exciting but kind of to to transition just a little bit in the conversation we have fighters on it. So how it kind of works with, um, with matching. Um, so people were wondering, like people ask, like, Oh, is David Krause going to be on the card? So we get, we get lists from gyms, like local gyms. Hey, who, who wants on this card? We take those lists. We get, we, we get people matched. We start plugging away. So we have a bunch of fighters that we have some stuff going on. Like we're working on getting them matched. So just to throw some names out of some guys who, you know, we're looking to match now. Not all of these people will be on the card because there's not enough spots for all of them, but we're trying, we're actively trying to match all of these people. So you got like Jake Schilling, Cheyenne Hall, Taylor Cahill. We, we already mentioned David Krause, um, Sheldon Nyoff, Sidney Ross. I'm going out of order, so I'm, if I'm saying people twice, I apologize. Edwin Vera, Josh Olson. Miguel Francisco, Aiden Nichols is already verbaled on that bout. Um, and then we got another guy that we're looking to match. 
Do you want to tell us? Are, are, uh, are you able to keep up? That's, that's the one at the bottom there. I think we're uh, on the same page, but yeah. e no, I wasn't looking at the same list as you, but I just noticed somebody you didn't mention. Yeah, I purposely it, was doing that for you, bro. Is he a 135er? Yeah, he's a 135 okay. debut. <laughs> okay, let's let's just make sure. 135 debut. It's got to be Gavin Teasdale, four-time PA state champion wrestler, now training at Indio Dojo with Danilo Villafort and those animals there. So we're crazy stoked, man, if we can match Gavin. So, again, anybody listening, share, comment, spread the word. Gavin wants a fight, man. He, he's another guy just like Patton backstage at, at Bit B9. You know, I saw Gavin backstage, and you can tell that he loves that environment. Like, he was some, he was kind of like I would describe it. He was honored to be there, like supporting his team and just be a part of things. But you could also tell that that competitor in him was starting to itch, that he was like, I don't want to be here just to work a corner. Like, I'm ready to fight. And I know he's told me off – off camera, off the record and everything, he's just been telling me how excited he is to get into MMA. Like he's really viewing this as a second chance because anybody who's followed Gavin's story knows that his collegiate wrestling career didn't go the way that many intended. You know, a four-time PA state champion, you assume that's going to turn into a multi-time All-American wrestler, maybe even a national champion level wrestler. But of course, his career didn't pan out that way. So now he's getting things together. He's refocused. He's gathering everything back together. And I know he's been doing seminars and teaching a lot with Indio. So Danilo isn't going to let just anybody come into his gym and teach and demonstrate things, you know, unless, unless they really are refocused and getting their crap together for lack of a better term. But everything Gavin's shown since kind of finding MMA and finding this training says that He's back, man. And I mean, this is literally one of the best wrestlers that the area's ever seen at the high school level. So we're ridiculously excited to get him in there. And that and that, and it's hard to find matches for him. We have a potential that may come together already now. Um we have a very um we have a very good um fighter that, you know, is looking is potentially a match for for him. And we're still looking um ultimately, you know, both sides have to come together and agree to agree to something before it's before it takes place. But we have a potential for him now. So if there's any 135 debuts or anything like that that might be interested in in you know a big time a, a high profile bout at the amateur level, um, that fight is still open at this point. Um, it may it may be taken, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, and I I have this problem earlier where it's like. It's hard to talk about something when you're part of the promotion without sounding like you're just blowing smoke to sell tickets or whatever, right? Like everything, everything you say, people might always think, oh, you're just saying that because you're part of the promotion. But like in Gavin's case, this is 100% legit. There's no sell here involved on my end. Like if you think you might want that matchup, now is the time to fight him. Because like I said, He's training at Indio Dojo now. He's extremely raw standing like nobody would ever doubt that. Like if you want to fight Gavin in MMA, now is the time because he's literally only getting better. And with his background, with his potential, once he really starts piecing and stringing everything together, he's going to be a freaking handful. So if you want if you want the Gavin fight, like take it now before he gets too good. <laughs> Okay, so for those of you that are kind of contemplating getting tickets for the show, I just I, I just want to let you know we have 
VIP tickets that um, are very limited, well, they're already sold out. So that we no longer have VIP tickets. We're down to premium and everything. We do have everything else, but um, VIP already sold out. So get <laughs> that yeah. was quick. That yeah. was less That's than crazy. Less than 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. Those VIPs are gone. I've been checking my email and seeing the orders coming through ever since 10 a.m. It was kind of ridiculous that influx, but that's exactly like the point I was just making, how it's hard to talk about things without seeming like you're just blowing smoke as a promoter. But like we said repeatedly that this is going to sell out very quickly. And literally, I don't, know that, I don't want to oversell that. I don't know that it'll sell out. I know that it's going to sell out. Right. The question is, will it sell out a week before? Yeah, Dave, I'll hold on to your seat, but you might need to like fork over some dough, brother. Yeah, it's a premium now. Yeah, so those VIPs are gone, but like this will sell out. Will it sell out the day of the event, the week leading up to it? We're, we're four weeks out right now. Is yeah. it going to sell out this week? I don't know. This will sell out. Uh, all I'm saying is if you want to come to the show, it's going to be awesome. You should buy your tickets earlier rather than later. And if you also like fighters are consigning tickets as well. So, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're friends with a fighter, that can sign tickets, talk to them directly. They can get you tickets as well. Either way you get them, if you put their name, when you buy them on the website, if you put their name, they make the same commission. So you can buy them online or get them directly from the fighters. Either way, Bill Bill has a bunch of tickets consigned. Justin has a bunch of Chase has a bunch of tickets. Like So just let, let those guys go to those guys directly, or you can buy them online as well. Yep. So – just to kind of, we haven't talked about this too much. And I guess since the VIP tables are all sold out, it's not quite as relevant now, but for the people who are getting them, um, just a quick note for you. Oh, I forgot Jake Schilling when I was listing people because yeah. he's at the top. And I think you said him. Oh, did I say Jake? Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing his name. <laughs> the VIP table, since this is a boxing and MMA event, obviously we have the cage in the ring in the center of the event center at green tree sportsplex you're you're going to have a table that is front row to each sport like you're going to have a table that's front row for the cage and also front row for boxing at the boxing ring so you're going to physically move to to yes to reiterate that you're not you're not going to be like in between the two and like have to turn around and stuff you're literally going to have two tables one on one end of the venue that's right in front of the cage and one on the other end of the venue that's right in front of the boxing ring. It is, those are, you know, those VIP seats are gold. Those are, I mean, they're already gone. Yeah. Um, so we're awesome. really taking care of those VIP, you know, those VIPs. You literally have two table seats. Yeah. Best seats in the house. Yeah. I mean, that that's really cool, man. Like we, we talked about this on a previous podcast of how difficult it was for us to figure out a way that made sense for that aspect, because obviously you're not going to do a VIP table seat that's front row for boxing, but then you have to look through the boxing ring to see the cage. Like that would be a terribly obstructed view. That'd be, you're not paying a premium to get that view. So we figured it out eventually. And the answer was just two tables. You get a table that's right in front of the cage. And then when the MMA fights are over, you're going to stand up and walk across the room and go to your other table right in front of the ring. That's basically how it's going to work. So we're stoked about that, man. And obviously other people are stoked about it too, because like you said, 
they're gone. So, so next up are the premium seats, the general seats, and then we actually have standing room only for this event as well because we knew we were going to need it. So those are your options. Yeah, those, uh, the other thing I want to say is like, so usually, and this is just the way it tends to work, usually the, 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 the premium seats go first and then the, the lowest end seats go second. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the standing room only seats, like if you, if you don't mind standing, those are going to go next. Those will be the next thing to sell out. That's the way it works with us. It's the way it works with sports in general. The top and the bottom go yep. one and two. So if you're, well, actually now the top is this, the premium. So I think those might be the new, you know, those might go now. I don't know. Ultimately, if you want to sit in a seat, you got to get the, the general, the standing room only, or for people that don't mind standing the whole show. Um, yeah. It's going to be packed. Yeah, it really is. I'm, I'm actually really, really excited about the environment there. And that's something that I've talked about with Hutch quite a bit. Hutch is, he knows the green tree sportsplex very well and he's seen the layout, seen the seating chart and everything. And he is just really stoked about the environment there. He knows that it's going to be rowdy and crazy and loud. And I think Monroeville's great. You know, we love the Monroeville convention center for sure. The space there is amazing, but it does leave something to be desired in terms of how intimate it feels. It's very big, very spaced out and green tree is going to be the total opposite. It's going to be tight and it's going to be, it's going to be like seeing, you know, you see your favorite band at a small club and you're right up on them right next to the stage. You're close to that. Like it's going to be kind of more of that feel, which is what I'm always drawn to. I love that in anything. Like I like being right in the action. So I think that's how it's going to feel here. And it's going to be, it's going to be an awesome night, man. Like the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, the more excited I get about it. So I'm ready for December 4th. Yeah. And I, I think that it's going to be, um, that's the, the unique chat. So how we kind of ended up in Monroeville, well, we were planning on going out there anyway, but we were at Princecape arena and we kind of outgrew the space, like not necessarily outgrew it, but we were, we were challenged to get enough, like to get enough people in there. And then we went from there to like something that's like five times the size, which we didn't mm-hmm. necessarily need, but with the social distancing aspect, we had the, that challenge initially we could get everyone spaced out, get everyone in there and not have to worry about it. We've gotten kind of used to that and everyone had a table seat and everyone loved it. Like the reality is we can't do that. Like everyone can't have a, a, a table seat in a normal venue. Right. So um, now that we're back to a normal venue, it's going to be this intimate atmosphere. It's going to be raucous. It's going to be, I mean, I think we get that. We even got that in Monroeville. Like for that. sure like you know Lowry, Lowry. like that was you know the the atmosphere that we had despite having a huge room yeah and bill bill hutchinson was hutchinson was actually at that event and that's when he you know he told us like i love what you guys do like let's 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 work something out and it all came together yeah and we're working on a lot on that front too just in terms of the production i hope like that anybody who has seen our shows before kind of notices our production man it's something that i know just speaking with ryan like ryan's incredibly proud of the job that production does for our shows and rightly so i mean this is not it's not an accident that our shows look very professional and very 
you know, flashy with the walkouts and everything. This is all incredibly intentional and something that Ryan pays a ton of attention to. So for Bit B10, we're going to really focus on that as well. That's one thing that Hutch reiterated several times with us is like he wants a good walkout. He wants hype. He wants kind of a show. You know, he wants it to be a spectacle as much as it is a great fight. So that's something that we're going to focus on hard for this event. And again, in that in that small venue, I think all of that production and everything, all the theater of it is just going to be that much more impactful because everybody's going to be right up on it, loud. You know, it's going to be sweet, man. It is. I, I'm, I'm super excited. I think that, um, yeah, that, envi- that environment, that atmosphere is something we had at Princecape Arena. We kind of had it at, at Monroeville, but it, it wasn't quite the same just because it, it, you know, everyone was in a table seat and it's really nice and convenient to have a table seat, but this environment's going to be very cool. Yeah. Not something I, I just like, I know that people wait and wait and wait. And that's just the nature of the beast. And I'm, I'm just telling you if, if you wait and wait, and wait, you're running a risk of not getting, a t- we're, we're going to sell out. There's mm-hmm. no ifs, ands, and buts about it. I don't know when. You might be able to get tickets day of. But at some point, it's going to sell out. So if you definitely want to go, and you're like, here's the here's the negative. You buy tickets online, you're not getting refunded. Like, if you're going to see one fighter, and they get hurt, or they don't get matched, or something happens where they don't fight, you have the tickets still. Like we don't, we don't give refunds. That's the negative. The positive is if you want to be assured of seeing the event, because it's going to be a spectacle, you got to buy them now. I mean, to be assured. Yeah. I mean, that's something too, that I would definitely stress. Um, I understand, you know, family, friends, things of that nature, when they fight, you want to go support them and you're literally there just for them. But for the, For the average fan, you know, I would never go to an event thinking I'm there for one fight. Like, I just want to stress that we don't match cards that way by any means. Like, we never just rely on one fight to sell the show. And I don't look at it as a fan as, oh, well, this this is that one one fight and then a bunch of nothing behind it because we know that one fight's going to sell it and going to be the show. Like, we literally believe in every match we put together, that it's just going to be a good show. And then sometimes you'll get a show where it doesn't look as good on paper, but then in practice, it's one of the best shows ever in terms of action. I mean, we see that the whole way up to the UFC level. I mean, how many times have you seen a UFC fight night card where it's like, you don't know half the people on the card, but then it ends up being the best show ever. Like with MMA. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with the UFC this past weekend. A lot of times when you have like the big names and like the big draw, like the Madison Square Garden, like you have the fights, like leave a stinker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I the UFC fights this past weekend had the hype. They all the fights on the main card. I didn't watch the prelims, but all the yeah. fights on the main card lived up to it. It was an amazing night of fights. That to me, like I would compare Ron the Bird eight to that card. Mm-hmm. Like, there was supposed to be a ama- all the fights lived up to it. It was great. Then you have cards that are like the sleeper cards, like the mm-hmm. cards that are, you know not the like sexiest card in the world. That's what I would compare to Bit B9. That card came together late. And then I truly believe that Brawlenberg 9 was top to bottom, the best fight night we've had. 
It was awesome. It was yeah. great. Everything was competitive. I literally, I had one of the commissioners come up to me. Did, did I tell you about this? I don't think this is new to me too. Yeah. So Mike Arnett, uh, Arnis, Mike Arnis came up to me during the show and go and, and said, these matches are all like really competitive. I just went to a show last, like the last couple of shows I've gone to, like to be a com commission. It was all favored to the red side. Like mm -hmm. it was none of the fights were competitive. It was like, it was trash. He's like, your fights are all spot on. And that's a, that's a credit to Jim Mooney, who is, you know, plugging away all the time to, he's not just looking to match a fight. He's looking to have a great match. Yes. And, and be what it's supposed to be. And that's what we're looking to do. Um, but Jim is really, truly plugging away at all times getting the job done and not just putting people in spots, but finding intriguing and even matchups so that everyone can kind of graduate to the next level, win or lose. You're going to, you're going to get better. Yeah, man. I cannot stress that enough. Um, we hear that a lot of people just wanting to get the local, get the red corner a win. And that's kind of the matchup. And that has never been, 247's philosophy. Bit B8, you know, going back to that show, being a perfect example. The Red Corner had a rough night that night, and Jake Lowry almost lost as well in the main event. So that was obviously a very tough matchup for him, and that's just something that we always look to do. And even on the boxing side of things, you know, I'll tell you guys straight up, like these are super competitive bouts that we're putting together. I know everybody thinks that boxing matchmaking is, you know, try to find the squash match to build your record. Like, first of all, Hutch is 19-2-4. and four. There's no more squash matches for him out there because they won't get approved by the commissioner. Like he's way too experienced and way too good at this point to get another squash match. So whoever he ends up drawing, we have a lot of names in the mix right now. And it's just a matter of finding the one that comes together. They're all tough fights. And Hutch, man, he gets excited when you tell him about it. that's what I love so much about Hutch is like he doesn't want that easy fight e either. He wants do you think of like the Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler fight? Like that's kind of Hutch's mentality too. Like he wants that dog fight. He wants to dig deep and somebody who's going to bring it to him. He doesn't want to just come out, touch a dude once and the dude goes down. You know, that's not what Hutch is about. He literally explicitly told us that he's like, it actually looks bad on me. If I just go out and destroy a guy real fast, they're going to think it was a squash match. And that's just not what he wants at all. So I'm well, ridiculously excited. The funny thing is, is when you, when you talk to him about potential opponents and, you know, you mention a guy to him that is tough. So there's a difference. Some guys will be like, oh, like, uh, that's a tough guy. Yeah. Whereas he like, wow, that's a tough, like, that's yeah. a tough guy. <laughs> there's just a total difference. And he's all about fighting, boxing, the, the toughest guys out there. Yeah, he's a dog, man. And that's all. That's kind of what the, the whole card is shaping up as, which is awesome to see because I know these are going to be crazy competitive fights. I mean, you talk about bit b9 and i think that was like you said a great example of just top to bottom crazy competitive fights whenever the first fight of the night is two 19 year old amateur debutants and they bring it the way nathan kubaski and ricky claybaugh did like you knew right away like this card's awesome yep <laughs> yeah. and it was and it like every time you, you thought okay well the next fight like might be you know the fight that's like the quick ending where it's like you don't realize it at the time of matching, but like there's the there's the mismatch. Like, no, there was nope. no none of that. 
Yeah. So it was uh, it was awesome. Want to do one thing um, as we start to wrap up, guys. We are supported by the best sponsors on the planet. Like we have people that are so dedicated to, you know, making sports, MMA, combat sports, boxing in Pittsburgh, a reality. And so we really need to give a shout out to those guys. First and foremost, um, we have, well, let me start by saying we do have some spots available for sponsorships. So if you're interested, we, this is going to be huge. We'd love to get everyone involved, but we have sunny days in home care. Those guys are absolutely phenomenal. Um, they just have supported us from day one and they've really upped their support in us as we've continued to grow. They have continued to step up their game. So we're so appreciative of sunny days in home care. They provide, uh, they're actually, we're listed as one of the, I don't know exactly what it was, but they were recognized as one of the largest growing businesses in the United States. And so they're right in our backyard here in the South Hills of Pittsburgh. They, cover you know the whole greater pittsburgh area so sunny days in home care um ultimately price industries these guys i'm gonna have a phone call today with jay with jason at um at price but those guys have also so they'll have like three or four tables of their staff and they'll just have a great time at the shows but they've been supporting us also for you know at least for four or five shows now um, just do a great job of lifting up MMA and lifting up combat sports. They're great guys um, and they're a great company to work for. So if you're, if you're, they do finishing. So like painting and for, for commercial, uh, mostly commercial. Uh, I think they might do a little bit of residential here and there, but if you're, you know, they, have always are hiring, always have needs. So if you want to work for a top-notch company um, and have experience or want to be trained, like those guys are awesome. It's Price Industries. It's right on Camel's Run Road. Um, Jason Camp is your is your man. So give them a call. Um, we have the best rehab center. Like yeah. those guys are awesome. I mean, can't say enough great things about Isaac and the staff there. They're always supporting us and you know they they are the best chiropractors in pittsburgh bar none so if you have any work that needs done like never hesitate they have six locations they're everywhere um so go check out the rehab center um who am i leaving out here i'm the worst because i just am doing this off the top of my head you got the big ones man i think i think you nailed it We've got Vet Ticks as well. It's not an official sponsor, but we're always happy to work with Vet Ticks. They provide tickets to veterans, you know, exactly as it sounds, to uh, get them out and doing something awesome, you know, that they're very therapeutic about it. And I love, you know, how many did we have at Bippy 9 for them? 30 tickets we gave out? Was it yeah, 30? We, get, we did 30 for that show, yep. Yeah, and it happened really quickly, too. Went through them quickly, so... We're, we're always honored, you know, to support our, our military and vets and help them out with that. So Vet Ticks is another one that's in the mix. Um, and just, so, just so everyone knows, with Vet Ticks, we treat them as a sponsor, but that's, that's, that's a gift. That's a donation. 
So we don't take any money from them whatsoever for like, that is a, our, one of, one of the ways that we give back. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to know that like, you know, when you, when you work with 247, we're looking for also ways to give back. And our veterans are one area that we've decided to really concentrate on. Yeah. And then just as Ryan said, and I just want to reiterate, I feel like BitB10, if you do want to become a sponsor, definitely get in touch with us ahead of this show, because this is really the time, as much as we talk about this event is going to sell out and it's huge. It's our biggest event ever. That's the time to to become a sponsor. You know, if you want the maximum reach, the maximum impact, there's going to be a lot of eyes on this fight, on the pre-fight. Like I kind of alluded to with that Chase Boyd story, that's going to be coming from a major, major Pittsburgh outlet that everybody's going to know right away. Being associated with these things is going to be a good thing for your business. I genuinely believe that. And with, you know, just with the podcast itself, with our investment in digital and digital ads, everything that we're doing, we're staying on the front lines of things. And these are all opportunities for your business to be involved as well. You know, if you want to sponsor the podcast and have a live read on every episode of the podcast, that's on the table as well. So there's a lot of different avenues for us to get you reach and exposure and to drive customers to your business, which is the goal. Like we said, you know, about the local Pittsburgh combat sports scene, we just want to lift everybody up and help everybody out. So that's what we want to do with our sponsors too. And as Ryan said, we have quite a few longtime sponsors that do feel that love and we would love for you to jump into that fold as well. Absolutely. Um, also, one, one sponsor I want to reach out to is the one on my shirt right here. <laughs> there you go. It's Legacy Remodeling. Um, they've been a huge sponsor um, since literally day one. Um, and we, we're hoping that they uh, rejoin the mix. But ultimately, um, Legacy Remodeling has done huge, huge things to support us. So um, feel free to uh, reach out to them for any of your remodeling needs. They take care of siding and windows and doors and metal roofing and Kohler Luxstone shower installs. So reach out to them. They do awesome work. Nice. Yeah, man, I think that that's a good place to end it. I mean, this has been about an hour and 10 minutes at this point. So a yeah, nice that's little way run. too much of us for anyone. So and especially if you're watching the video, if anybody has stuck around this long, I am amazed. I'm absolutely amazed by you. So th- <laughs> thanks for everybody who who tuned in live and, you know, listening. If you're listening to the podcast on demand, thank you for subscribing and listening. Just share it. Um, we've got. Bippy 10, like we talked about all along, December 4th at the Green Tree Sportsplex. Going to be an incredible night. Pro boxing, pro MMA, amateur MMA. VIP table seats went on sale 41 minutes ago and are sold out. So that's kind of an indication of how we think this is going to go. So there's plenty of seats left, though, plenty of premium general standing room only. But like we've said all along, there's no guarantee on how long they're going to last. We genuinely don't know. So get on them. And we'll see you guys at the fights. And one other thing, if you have questions, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, or info at 247fighting.com via email. Those are the best ways to get a hold of us. Nailed it. All right, man. It's always a pleasure talking with you, and we'll do it again soon. Thanks, everyone.